Y'all ready? Stand with me one more time. Get some blood flowing. Just one more time and pray with me this morning. Repeat after me. Awesome God. Give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear. Give me a heart to receive and a mouth to confess all of the good things that you have already provided for me. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. It's going to be a good day. And when we say that, I've said this every week, and I've been really repetitive at the intro because I think we just need to know. We, we as a people are, are forgetful. Anybody else forgetful? Oh, Jesse tossed me that real quick. I forgot. I did post this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out of the camera for a minute. But I did say on Facebook that if you showed up today, we would provide you with one square. If you brought a guest, you get a bonus square. Nobody call me a liar, okay? After service, if you need it, come see me, okay? Um, all right. Never miss an opportunity for a toilet joke. Anyways, where was I? Oh, every single week. We've been basically introducing the same thing because we as a people are a forgetful people, obviously. And, you know, we just have to be reminded. That's why I love that, the blessing. I love that song because it reminds me that he is for me. Every single day I have to wake up, and despite who I am, I have to remember, oh, he's for me. Tomorrow's going to bring some new troubles, but he is for me, and he has overcome all of those things. So when we say, God, we thank you for all of the good things that you have already provided, like they're already there. They're already accessible to us. It's not lip service, it's faith-building verbiage, okay? We, we say it because every time we say it, we believe it a little bit more. So each week in this series, we were, we've been addressing some common traditions, thoughts, sayings, or beliefs, and we're going to move really quickly today through this because I believe that all of these things that we've addressed have held believers back, I know they've held me back, from living really my best life, that abundant life that Jesus promised. And the truth is that we can't afford to be loose about what we talk about or loose about the truth because a diluted truth is, is, is no truth at all. So the language of Venture Community Church, we said, has to be the truth. Every single week it has to be the truth because there's too much at stake. People's lives, their family, there's too much at stake for us to just be lazy about communication of the truth. So with that, the, the goal of this entire series has been that we would embrace and express the pure grace of God. Say embrace. embrace. Say express. Embrace. Okay. The true grace of God. Because what we say is important. The words we use are, ve- are important. And we're, we're, especially today with what we talk about today, you're going to see why the way we say things are, is, is so important. So we've been calling out ideas. We've been calling out popular sayings. We've been, we've been pushing kind of some boundaries here week after week after week. So today, what we're going to address, the sacred cow that we're killing today is simple, and it's this. We're, we're calling out the idea that our sins are under the blood of Jesus. Your sins are under the blood of Jesus. Or maybe you've heard it this way. Your sins are covered by the blood of Jesus. That, that's more the way that I've heard it. My life, your sins are covered by the blood of Jesus. And I had to ask, like, what, what could possibly be wrong with that statement? And as I'm going through this, you might have the tendency to say, Curtis, that's just a man. You're just, you're just splitting hairs. Listen, in situations of truth, we have to split hairs. It's important, okay? It's important that we be very, very specific about what we're saying. And one of my pastors says it this way. So if I were to say your sins are covered by the blood of Jesus, he would say, what do you mean by that? And he says it this way. 
Ask people what they mean by a phrase or term, and you'll finally be able to pinpoint what the controversy or teaching is really saying. You'll often discover that you actually agree with what a person is trying to say, even though you disagree with how they say it. At other times, you'll discover that what sounds good on the surface actually disguises a serious error beneath. Either way, you won't discover what you're really dealing with until you ask people to clarify what they mean. Many of our shorthand expressions and cliches serve to promote sacred cows and, and reinforce misunderstandings. In this case, what someone usually means by saying that our sins are under the blood of Jesus is that we're forgiven. And I want to tell you, like, there, I certainly agree with when I say yes to Jesus, I'm forgiven, okay? But I do have a problem with saying, saying my sins are covered by the blood of Jesus because it communicates a misunderstanding about the work of Christ. Because I, then I have to ask, if my sins are covered by the blood of Jesus, doesn't that mean that my sins are still there? It does. And if my sins are still there, that means that they're, they're present in my life. So what does that say about the finished work of Jesus? If he finished it and it was done, then my Bible says that they're gone. Let's look at some New Covenant truths real quick. Man, I told you we were going to move quick today. We are. One, the Old Testament sacrifices covered sin temporarily. Okay, Hebrews 10, 4 through 5 says, It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, Christ came into the world. It says that it was impossible for them to do what needed to be done. They just kind of temporarily took care. They covered it up, but eventually, as time went on, those sins would be uncovered again. Because it's impossible for them, what does it say? To take away the sins. Therefore, Christ came. Why? Because he could take them away. So two, New Covenant truth two, the New Testament sacrifice cut off sin permanently and forever. So when I say yes to Jesus, sin is done. It's over. I told somebody this past week that I've been saved at least 752 times. Because when I was growing up, I, I would get saved, and then the next week I would do something bad, and I would be so afraid that I was going to go to hell for the bad thing I did on Monday, that come Sunday, I was running to the mercy seat. You know what I'm saying? But they start playing the slow music, and I'm like, I'm going to go cry on that step, because i got to get saved again. Because suddenly my sins were back. And they were back stronger this time. But the New Testament sacrifice of Jesus didn't just cover up sin temporarily. It eliminated sin completely. When I say yes to him, my sin is gone. John 1.29 says, Behold the sin, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Takes it away. 1 John 3.5 says, You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Hebrews 9.26, Now once at the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Hebrews 10.11, 12, and 14. Every old covenant priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. So they would sit there and they would sacrifice sheep and lambs all day long. All day long. It would never take away the sins. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, one for all time, sat down at the right hand of God for by one offering, he was perfected for all time, those who are sanctified. 
those who say yes to Jesus, it says, I'm perfected for all time. <laughs> perfected for all time. That's a, that, that's, that's a lofty thought this morning. That when Jesus died on the cross and the new covenant started and his blood did what his blood could only do, at that moment in time, I didn't exist. Curtis Ribble wasn't a thing. I wasn't alive. I, I was, I was, I don't, you know, I, I wasn't here, yet his blood then forgave my sins future. Because every sin was future at that moment, right? So I say yes to Jesus once, and every one of my sins are gone. I said this week after week, like I still have the capacity to do silly things. And just like I have my children, and, and I want my children to do what is good, they're still going to make a mistake. They're still going to err, okay? But a good, good father looks at the children and says, you're already forgiven. I don't need you to beg for forgiveness. I just need you to say yes to me. I, I, just, I just need you to say yes. I just need you to be my son. I just need you to be my daughter. And, and, and my sacrifice cut off sin entirely in your life. And you know what? That doesn't sound fair. It don't sound right. We were, we were at a, a gospel circle. <clears throat> Me and Josh went to a gospel circle in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area this week, and that, that statement right there caused quite a bit of controversy in, in, our, in, in the group we were in. In fact, someone got so upset by it, they stood up and they walked out because of the idea that I don't have to continually ask for forgiveness because I am forgiven. I, I, I love him, and he loves me. He is in me, and I in him, and I am forgiven. My girls are going to do, like I said, my girls are going to do silly things, but at the end of the day, I'm a good father, or, you know, yeah, you know, like, I'm as good a dad as I can be. I'm as, I'm as good at it as I can be, but I, I, I pale in comparison to him. And if I look at my children and I say, you're already forgiven. Just come on. We know what we can do. To, we know what we, got, we, what we can do. We know what we, we ought not do. Let's just, let's, just be, be. let's just be ribbles. Let's just be who we are. And God's looking at us and being like, you know, just, 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 just be me. Just be Jesus. Just, just be Jesus out there. I don't know, that was a little bit of a ramble. But it took me a long time, guys. I was talking to somebody this past week that, you know, something like $40,000 in seminary training and two years of my life where I did nothing but study the Bible and then to open up my Bible and read it through the gospel, through the lenses of the gospel of grace and realize, man, I could have saved myself a lot of money and time if I'd have just realized how simple it was to be his son. It doesn't discount any, any, anything in Scripture. But what I, love about, what I love about Scripture is that as you read it, everything points to him and his finished work. And I'm not standing here a work in progress. I'm standing here absolutely finished because I said yes to Jesus. And when you say yes to Jesus, you are finished. You still have to mature in your identity in him. You have to learn who you are every single day and remember who you are every single day. At the end of the day, my sin is cut off permanently. Because of his sacrifice. Have the worship team make their way back up. Point three. And I kind of preface this, but 
The New Testament sacrifice changed you completely. When I said yes to Jesus, everything about me changed. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I say it this way, that Jesus came and he died for me as me. When he died on that cross, I died on that cross. When he rose again, I rose again. Ephesians 4.23 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. What was I saying earlier? I have to remember every single day that I am his, that I am his. You want to lead us in that at the end, the blessing again? We got to shout that some more this morning, okay? I, know I heard you playing the wrong song. We're going we to do something else. I got a good ear for music. I'm just kidding. I don't. Ephesians 4.23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 12.2. 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He goes, honestly, so why, why do we need to do that? Because I need to be able to determine his good and perfect will for my life. If I want to know what he wants for me, if I want to be able to tune in to the, to the voice of the Father, I have to know that I am his son and I am worthy to hear the things that he says. So I renew my mind every morning. And then Psalms 103.12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so has he removed our transgressions from us. The New Testament completely changed me. The New Testament sacrifice changed everything. I want to share something with you this morning about that. If I could find it. Where are we? There we are. I've been studying this week, and I came across some, a passage in this book called uh, Guilt-Free Living. And then there was just parts of this that absolutely shook me. It says, Jesus Christ is the only way to relationship with God. And there is no other name, no other offering, no other way to cleanse sin or remove guilt. Without Jesus, we will stand before God condemned and awaiting death in our sinful state, which is without Jesus. Our minds tell us that we can't approach God. That's why it's important that you know that your sins are gone. Because as long as you think that they're still there and they're just covered up or, or that they're still present in your life, there's going to be a part of you that says, I can't approach God. But if, when you know that they are gone, they're not there, everything changes. It says, but brothers and sisters, I have good news. We are not without Jesus. The apostle Paul said, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath been reconciled. You've been reconciled to Christ through Jesus. One of the most awesome powers of the finished work of, of, of Christ is that we were not only declared forgiven, but we were made perfectly innocent before God. And through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus died to cleanse us and clear our record of all sin. He was raised for our justification and is now seated at the right hand of God, eternally sealing our acceptance into his family. Eternally sealing. But many people feel what he accomplished only balanced the scales of Jesus. Many liken Jesus' work to Adam's failings only in the positive. 
and say that what Adam lost, Jesus regained and returned to us as God's children. But Romans says this, God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass. His grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. It, it is so much bigger than that. For if many died through one man's failings or his lapse or his offense, much more profusely did God's grace and the free gift through the undeserved favor of the one man Jesus Christ abound and overflow. What was it saying? So, so if many perish because of one man's failings, many, many, countless more are going to be taken care of because of Jesus. Because it overflows. Nor is the free gift at all to be compared to the effect of that one man's sin. For the sentence of one brought condemnation, whereas the free gift many transgressions brings justification. I love this last little bit. Go ahead and stand with me. It says, let's not cheapen what Christ accomplished. Jesus didn't just balance the scales of God's justice. He completely tipped them in your favor. Jesus didn't come to make it fair, guys. He came to make it unfair. He came to say, you deserve this, but grace is unfair, so you get that. He, he came to tip it in your favor. So when we say yes to him, the Bible says that if I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, that I am saved. And in that moment, I receive an inheritance. <laughs> Guys, we got to grasp it. We got to grasp it. I want to pray with you real quick. And if you're in this house today and you said, I, I, I want to say yes to Jesus, but I never have. We're going to address that today. Because every person here ought to experience being a son and daughter of the Most High God. There, there's nothing better. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your, your sacrifice, one, your one sin for all sacrifice covered every sin. God, for those who are in this house today who have said yes to you and are, and are sitting here right now, in your, in you. God, I pray that you would, that you would awaken something in them, a passion and a fire, that you would remind them and help them renew every single day. God, if there's anyone in this house today that doesn't know you, that, 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 that has been struggling to say yes, that has been trying to clean it up and, and fix it up, with you. God, I pray that you would move mighty in their life. God, that you would show them how good you are. Guys, it's easy. You just say yes to him. Say, God, I, I, I want you to be my father. It's simple. And God, I ask that you would just move in this house today. As we close out this series, God, that you would show us the importance of your finished work and your grace and what that is. God, and that we would speak that and we would know that in every day of our lives, we would, just show, we would just show it to everyone. That we would declare and demonstrate your gospel to everyone, every day, everywhere. 
God, we thank you today. God, and we speak these blessings in faith today. We, we speak these words in faith today. Guys, I'm going to step off to the side, and the team's going to lead us, and I want to pray with you. If, you. if you need just anything, if you think, I want to say yes to Jesus today, I want you to come just, just step right over there. I'm going to step right over there. Come, come and pray with me. And, uh, or if you just need, you're just dealing with anything, just come pray with me. I, I want to I I partner arm in arm with you today. Team's going to lead us. They're going to be singing praises and blessings. You're going to be speaking over your own life, but I'm going to be right there, and I want to partner with you guys. Go ahead, lead us, team.